0: About making plans. Making plans. it is the Lord's purpose that will prevail. Most people, I think, they realize on some level that plans are important. The plans that you make for your life are important. And if you don't have some kind of target you're aiming for, we just tend to get stuck in the same ruts where we deal with the same issues and problems over and over again. Uh, where we're just adrift, following whatever movements happen that, to come by by chance or circumstance. Where most people fall short is they fail to include God in their plan making. This is even true of a lot of people who are disciples of Jesus, who take on the name Christian. Most people's practical plans only deal with the stuff of this life, like mortgage payments or investments, retirement planning, where my next meal is coming from, what I want to eat, and we don't make time treasure they are seeking. seek forth the kingdom of God. to move these goods and transport them and trade in a route that would allow them to to connect those two oceans together. And this was undertaken also for the greater glory of the British Empire. And explorers of different kinds and stripes, they flocked to be the one who actually discovered the Northwest Passage. So the expedition was led by this handsome chap. Uh, Franklin was his name, Sir John Frank. He was a distinguished Navy man. Uh, He had extensive experience in exploring and exploring the Arctic. He had governing experience. Um, Navigating and mapping the Northwest Passage was to be the highlight of his distinguished career. Never before had an Arctic expedition been launched with such careful planning, and abundant provision. There were 27, 24 officers who were appointed, hand-picked by the British naval Admiralty, along with 110 sailors who were hand-picked, highly experienced, highly trained explorers. They chose two different ships and equipped them with the latest technology the HMS Erebus and the HMS Terror. Franklin's expedition had these two ships at their disposal. Their hulls, with the latest technology that they had in 1845, were reinforced with iron to be able to stand up against the crushing force of ice and to be able to break through ice. Further, each ship was outfitted with the, new, the newly invented steam engine. Uh, and that steam engine was connected to a screw propeller that allowed these ships to travel under their own power, in addition to any uh, power that the sails themselves would provide. The boilers that they had on board these uh, ships, they piped hot air throughout the crew's uh, cabin Uh, a very important thing for an Arctic expedition. So even the sailors, from the highest to the lowest, had uh, indoor heating in the ships. They also had, uh, these boilers ran a water distillation system that ensured an almost unlimited supply of fresh water for these sailors. They had a ship's library that contained more than a thousand books uh, with helpful information Uh, and were also to serve as a source of recreation for all of those men. Additionally, they took along enough food to feed everyone for a full three years. A new technology uh, had been invented that people learned to preserve food in tin cans. seems just like normal to us to open up canned food, but it was new back then. Uh, This would allow them to make sure that they had plenty of provision for however long this voyage happened to be. Well, Franklin's expedition, it was well-funded. They were equipped with the latest technologies. They represented the best and the finest of the British Navy, and they carried the hopes of their nation, and the world waited with bated breath for news of the discovery. Great Northwest Passage. It's hard to overestimate the enthusiasm and the excitement surrounding the carefully laid plans of this expedition. Well, the last Europeans to see them were whalers who spotted this expedition making their way into the islands and the Arctic um, on July 26th. 45. do. I have no place to store my crops. And then he said, this is what I'll do. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. And there I will store my surplus grain. And I'll say to myself, you have plenty of grain laid up for many years. Take life easy. Eat, drink, and be merry. But God said to him, you fool. This very night, your life will be demanded from you. Then who will get what you have prepared for yourself? This is how it will be with whoever stores up things for themselves but is not rich or God. Well, what planning mistakes did the rich, foolish man make? I think the first mistake that this rich, foolish man made, the rich fool, makes is that he comes up with his plans with no regard for God whatsoever. God is just a non-factor in his plans. Plans without regard for God is actually something that uh, James talks about in his epistle. Now listen, you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to this or that city, spend a year there, carry on business, and make money. Why, you do not even know what will happen tomorrow got today. You don't know your tomorrow. What is your life? You are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if it is the Lord's will, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogant schemes. All such boasting is evil. was the first mistake? He didn't involve God in his plans. What's the second mistake that he makes? I think he conceives of everything that he has gained up to that point as being his own and is to do with what he wants. And he even conceives of the wealth that will come in the future as his own. Counting his eggs before they're hatched. With no reference or thought of the Lord who has given or the Lord who will continue to provide. Paul says this in a rhetorical question he asks in 1 Corinthians 4-7. What do you have that you did not receive? And if you did receive it, why do you boast as though you did not? It's a good question. What do I have that I did not receive from God? I worked hard for this. I did this. These were my plans. This was the fruit of my labor. I got this. It's easy for us to move ourselves away from that realization that everything we have is because God How do you consider the Lord when you make your plans? When you make plans, how do you you include God in that? Maybe some of us have never thought to do that. How do you invite God into what you're doing? I've got these plans. Okay, Lord, here they are. Please bless them. That's one way to do it. I would say that that's better than not inviting the Lord in at all. How are you honoring God with what you currently have? You look like a pretty well-clothed story if you have enough money to complete it. For if you lay the foundation and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, the person began to build and wasn't able to. to make great memories and have lots of amazing generously give to other people. I, I want enough resources from the Lord that i am taken care of. I want enough resources from the Lord that I can give to other people and help others who may be in need. I desire that. See, I think these are good things. But without counting the cost, without careful preparation, without due diligence without necessary course corrections adjusting to the circumstances that come our way. Your plans are never going to come to fruition. And so instead of building a strong tower about you, your plans will be a monument to your own foolishness and lack of intentionality. This is the, that's that story that Jesus is telling about being ridiculed because he didn't make plans. My question to you this morning is what is your spiritual game plan? Do you have any spiritual goals? What are your spiritual goals? What are the what are the goals that you've made together with My disciples. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Have you made peace with your heavenly king? How many of you have ten thousand at your disposal? enough to resist the Lord of hosts? Are you in your own strength and your own plans in a position where you are ready to go to war with God? Or will you make peace with him? Seek terms of peace with the Lord of hosts while you still peace with God while you have an opportunity. His terms of surrender are this. He wants your heart. He wants your full belief. Are you going to take up that cross? Or are you going to run from it? The person who makes plans with God person who is a faithful steward and makes resources available for kingdom purposes. Jesus actually commends the shrewdness of people that take the wealth and the things of this world and trade it out for relationships and things that will last into all eternity. I tell you, use worldly wealth to gain friends for yourself so that when it is gone, you will be welcomed into eternal dwellings. Whoever can be trusted with very little can be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. So if you've not been trustworthy in handling worldly wealth, who will trust you with true riches? And if you've not been trustworthy with someone else's property who will give you property of your own from luke chapter 16. well the best laid plans and the legends of Franklin's lost expedition it's interesting that the two ships were discovered but not until 2014 the first one was discovered and the second in 2016 that's not that long ago and they use modern forensics and other things to try to piece together what happened to this lost uh, expedition Well, the first bit of concrete evidence of what happened to the expedition came 11 years after they had uh, been missing for several years. Um, And it was this note contained in a a, a cairn, or a a steel, a little pyramid of rocks where they would hide stuff. It was found in a place called where it details that the ship got trapped in the ice, and the weather was so unseasonably cool uh, for those years that in the summers, the ice never melted enough to free the ships. And so after spending two summers trapped in the ice, they finally made plans to abandon the ship. And at this time, uh, on this this document, they had learned that uh, Franklin, the expedition's leader, he had already died by this point. And they didn't have the leadership that they needed to continue on in an effective way. More than 22 dozen other people had already died as well. And this letter let them know that they're abandoning the ships in order to try to make it to some outposts in northern Canada where they could find the help that they needed and survive. unraveling of the best laid plans of the Franklin Expedition. They lost their leader and their guide. The second issue that they faced was their food source was actually poison. Uh, you know, uh, food that is improperly Actually, this was fairly new technology at the time, and they used solder to close those tin cans. And that solder was lead-based, and it was put together so hastily that that solder dripped inside those cans, where it tainted all of their food source with lead. And, 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 and those guys got lead poisoning from the provisions that they had on that ship. So by the time the crew finally made that decision to abandon the ships, most of them were severely immunocompromised from lead poisoning and botulism. Number three was discovered, artifacts over time, they discovered what they set off from the ships with. As they were making their escapes, what were the things that they were carrying along with? They were when they loaded up to a abandoned ship and try to make it for the closest outpost hundreds of miles away. The things that they were taking along with them, they just slowed them down even more. Imagine lead poisoning, food poisoning, you're sick, you're weak. The Arctic, after years there, had taken its toll on these men's bodies. And they're trying to make their escape. And then they take along things like dress boots, silk handkerchiefs, scented soaps, sponges, slippers, hair combs, fine silverware, and lots and lots of books. Hunters and found first-hand eyewitnesses, lo and behold. And they came across Franklin's expedition, some of the men from it anyway, on a couple different occasions. And so that was reported back. And Eventually, the Guardian at the time, the newspaper in uh, uh, England wrote this. After studying 19th century Inuit oral testimony, which included eyewitnesses just. Descriptions of starving, exhausted men staggering through the snow without condescending to ask local people how they survived in such a wilderness. in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the guards stand and watch in vain. The unraveling of the best laid plans. We see that tragedy in our day, in our time. Because a lot of people have chosen for a leader. Someone who's not confident to be their leader most people they choose themselves they choose themselves do you have the power you need what about what people choose as their food source the scripture tells us set your mind on things above not on earthly on earthly things are you doing that not love the world or anything in the world. The world and its desires will pass away, but the one who does the will of God will live forever. What are you feeding yourself? I've got this on my office, Lord. It it could come a lot of this. ourselves comes to us through screens and a lot of it's garbage and we spend a lot of time feeding on that kind of poison instead of stuff that is really nutritious and can help us. Number three, just like these sailors, Easily entangles. We're all tripped up by sin. We're carrying stuff we don't have the strength to carry on our own. How many people make their plans in this world, dragging around stuff that doesn't matter in the Philippines? And number four. desperate. In some ways, our own lives represent the truth of this, do they not? of God speaks that truth. It is the Lord's will that is going to prevail in everything. Have you thought reasonably about how you're aligning yourself to His purpose and His plans? Are you just engineering your way through this world in your own smarts? for the greater glory of God and then trust that he's going to take care of the rest and everything else he recognize the leadership or the guidance of my captain. And there are a lot of times share those needs with me, and I'll I'll be happy to pray with you and with the congregation. If you need to find me another time, another place, maybe the setting's not it, find me to do that. If you need help figuring out the plans you need to be making, come talk to me about that. I think about it a lot, and I struggle with it a lot. We can help each other make better plans. And we need to make better plans as a church. We're not just are just being swallowed by this cold.